This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Also presents Take Care On Air. Interviews, current affairs and events from across Victoria. Also is your community hub and also is proud to sponsor Joy. Hello and welcome to Take Care On Air. I'm Kath Duncan. And I'm Crusader Hillis. Today on the show, among other things, we're talking about touch. We're going to have a guest on who's taught touch and played with touch in some very complicated parts of the world. He's going to be coming in a bit later. Including some war-torn parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite amazing and he's worked with a lot of HIV and queer um, people and organisations over the time. That's right. So we're going to be talking about, you know, can touch heal? What can it do? And uh, he's going to be having a workshop in Melbourne. Oh, can it be a year since the Also Foundation's AGM? Actually, oh, my it's God. been about uh, 13 or 14 months. Oh, here we go again. So we're going to be talking a bit about that. I hope it's a, it's going to be an interesting picture for the day. And, uh, of course, oh, one of my favourite people, Ash Flanders, is going to be coming in. With, with Declan Green, and who's one of the, the great theatre makers, um, yet he's been discovered in many, many places, but I think he's, his, his and Ash's career are both just on the very beginning of being major in Australia. Yeah, they're very exciting people to have in. They're talking about Sisters Grimm, which is a new theatre project. In uh, a garage in Thornbury. And um, I may have lost Damien Stevens in Perth, who we usually check into about our uh, regional Victorian news, but hopefully Crusader's going to find him. Exactly. And uh, all this, lots more. Stay with us. But first up, in the studio, we have the public officer of the Also Foundation, Daniel Perkins. Now, the foundation has faced a uh, rather difficult couple of years and the AGM is coming up at the end of this month and to give us some background on the upcoming AGM and also to talk about the foundation and also Care and Benevolence Society, we have Daniel Perkins in the studio. Good afternoon, Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hi, Kath. How are you? Good, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing well this afternoon. Thank you. So the AGM is coming up. Will it be different this year? Is it going to be, you know, what's what's on the agenda? Um, Well, uh, as listeners will know, the also Foundation has been through a challenging couple of years as Crusader um, spelt out for us and so um, but there's been um, a significant amount of renewal on both the board of Also Foundation and the Committee of Management of Care and Benevolent. Um, We've had some very exciting new directors join us uh, recently who um, have brought some fresh perspectives from the community sector and the not-for-profit sector um, which we're really pleased to have on board. So there's been um, renewal of membership um, of of our of the organisation's leadership, I guess, and uh, we're looking forward to um, explaining where we're coming from, what we see as the future for the organisation, and um, having some really clear and honest communication with our membership about um, what's been going on, uh, where some of the problems might have been in the past, and how we can work together to find a way future for the organisations. Now look, the also organisations, as we've sort of said now three times, has been in some turmoil over the last couple of years. It's included having two special general meetings, the second of which offered a lifeline to the organisation and the release of significant funds from the Also Care's Members Resolution Fund. Now, those funds were expected to have been released in full by pretty much just after the middle of last year, but although a significant amount has already 
um, come, there's still quite a significant amount to come. This has obviously put a lot of pressure on the organisation. Uh, that's true, and that's been one of the really challenging things that we've had to deal with over the last six months, uh, and will continue at least for uh, a little while longer. Um, but we certainly see light at the end of the tunnel, and um, we're uh, very confident that the balance of the monies to which uh, access has been granted by our membership, um, I mean, as you said, we got a mandate from the membership uh, in about June last year that um, they did want to see the organisations continue to succeed and build on their um, mission and the work that they'd been doing. Um, so when those monies come through, and we expect that to be happening in the very uh, near future, um, we'll be in a much better position to commence a really thorough planning process for um, the next stage of both Also Foundation and Also Care. It's just occurred to me, say someone has just tuned in from, you know, from New South Wales, Planet for instance, Mars. <laughs> and they, they don't know anything about Also. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about what the organisation sure. does and the significance of this upcoming AGM. Absolutely. Um, uh, Chris Adder or Kath might correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the organisation's been around uh, in one form or another for about 32 years. 30, oh yeah, 32 coming up. I think yes. we've just hit a birthday. Yeah. Um, and it was originally uh, developed uh, by um, some members of the gay and lesbian community uh, back uh, in the 80s and late 70s when some significant advances had been reached in what was then referred to as homosexual law reform. Um, and an organisation was set up to begin to build upon um, the momentum that was developing from decriminalisation towards actually developing a sense of community. Um, obviously, as um, our community has uh, continued to move forward in terms of uh, asserting itself through institutions like Joy, for instance, um, but also gaining greater influence in government and policy, um, there's been a need to um, develop community organisations, uh, influence and lobby government, uh, develop policy, uh, um, provide direct support uh, in some circumstances, particularly through um, the HIV AIDS epidemic in the 80s. There was a uh, and that was one of the reasons why the Also Care Arm was started up, um, was to um, uh, particularly work on, on supporting people who were in a vulnerable situation due to the HIV AIDS epidemic. So where we are now, in the last couple of years, it's become apparent um, that uh, uh, we needed to do some really careful financial planning to fully understand um, where the organisations sit and what a sustainable future for them looks like. Um, and uh, I guess it's been a bit of a readjustment process. from. Uh, but also we're, we're really confident that we've got um, some really strong... Uh, social capital and some strong networks. Um, we have a, a wonderful uh, set of stakeholders who really uh, support us and see a viable role for also going into the future. Um, I'm thinking of organisations like Queer Film and, and Minus 18, who we work with very closely, um, as two that come to mind immediately. And uh, they're organisations that have relied upon also in the past can, and continue to work very collaboratively with also to um, develop community institutions that can support our community um, from a health, wellbeing um, and, uh, and social point of view. Now you only mentioned it briefly, but also was actually the the starter of so much that has actually then gone on and become its own, taken flight by itself. And that includes the Victorian AIDS Council. It uh, very much sort of helped with the foundation of Midsummer. Uh, it's, um, you know, Gay and Lesbian Switchboard is another one. There's, there's actually an enormous amount. There's almost the all sports and you know what ended up becoming QSAM sort of came out of all that the gay and lesbian chorus all sorts of things like that have all sort of sprung out of also and it's, in it's interesting the way our community has developed over the period of also's existence because now one of the organisations that we work uh, quite closely with to get them off the ground who are still to a certain extent fledgling but um, uh, have got a great future ahead of them is Why Gender yeah. um, which is uh, a youth organisation that supports uh, gender questioning uh, and transgendered youth um, and uh, they're another organisation that 
that comes to mind as someone who has relied upon also for support to get themselves started is moving towards incorporation as a separate body. And, and one of the things also has done is worked to develop these organisations, develop their capacity, and then when it's time for them to stand on their own two feet and to go on and achieve their particular mission in serving the GLBTIQ community, um, they need to move on and yeah. uh, and stand a bit further away from us. Which is So can, can I just say one last thing on that? That is uh, the other thing about the Also Foundation is that there's not many sort of organisations in the queer community that are actually looking at the vulnerable um, and, and are looking at the, the unfunded. And I think also has always taken a leadership position in that. And I can't say that's actually necessarily true of a lot of the other organisations. They're not set up with that sort of a a purpose or a policy in doing that. Hmm. Um, I mean, also has, um, as, as you recognise, some charitable um, aspects to it, and uh, particularly during the 80s was involved in providing a lot of direct support to people who were um, directly uh, involved in the HIV-AIDS epidemic, um, but also um, in a contemporary context provides uh, support to um, uh, disadvantaged and homeless gay and lesbian youth. Uh, so that's just another um, instance in which we can see that the Also Foundation and Also Care's work um, has contributed towards providing um, direct support to some of the more marginalised members of our community. Our guest on air at the moment is also Public Officer Daniel Perkins. We're talking about the upcoming AGM. So what's the future? What's going to happen? Why should people come to the meeting? What's what's the good news? Um, well, obviously we're a membership-based organisation and um, this uh, is an opportunity for us to have some really clear communication uh, both uh, to and from our membership to, so they understand um, where the organisation's been, uh, can ask any questions of um, the organisation's board and committee to find out more information about what's been going on and what we see is the way forward. But as a membership-based organisation, it's not just a top-down structure, it's got to be a grassroots structure as well. And um, we're really keen to use this as an opportunity to um, re-involve and re-engage our membership. Um, and, and that's uh, our membership is uh, both individual members of the community but also the community organisations with whom we partner um, to get them involved in the organisation and to make sure that uh, um, we're able to work as synergistically as possible with them um, to develop our shared objectives of a stronger, more vibrant, more diverse and uh, um, healthier GLBTIQ community. So um, one of the reasons people should be coming along is to be part of that conversation and to give us um, feedback and guidance about how we can go forward and meet the organisation's objectives. Um, we're planning to follow up the AGMs with some uh, community planning, um, uh, probably towards the end of March, um, which will be um, a, a bit more of a less formal meeting type structure but uh, a more, more engaging uh, perhaps some workshops and I'm um, envisioning butcher's paper and textures and all that sort of thing um, where we can have an opportunity to speak with our community partners and, and identify um, how we can be working together building stronger partnerships across the sector um, to achieve all of our interests. And look um, just finally and thank you so much for being with us today Daniel but one part of the resolution passed by members last year was to have a meeting with members nine months after the passing of that resolution Solution. This would need to take place in March. Uh, what would you like to come out of this meeting? Um, I, I think um, we would like to see it as an opportunity where we can really um, be guided by um, both our, our membership but also our partners in the sector uh, as to and, and really have some honest conversations about um, how also has um, in the past worked with them and how in the future we see ourselves working together to um, build and strengthen our community um, and, and so um, I think those conversations will be really important and I'm looking forward to getting 
getting some really good ideas and suggestions and and offers of support um, from our from our community partners in that process. Tops and good luck, Daniel Perkins. Thanks so much, Kath. And also, Chris public officer coming up, the Sisters Grimm. The Sisters Grimm. I'm really Although looking forward to this. They're more hysterical than Grimm. Yes, very hysterical. Stay with us. Individual health and well-being through stronger community endeavours. Take care out there. Take care out there. You're with Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis on Take Care On Air. And in the studio, Kath, we have Ash Flanders and Declan Green. Who are together the Sisters Grimm. They are the Sisters Grimm. They don't look very grim today, though. They look rather jolly as ever. And I will never forget (laughs) Ash's negative energy show. Just complete madness. And just looking here at my notes, apparently you guys love the rough and ready aspect of just throwing together a piece of work very fast with a bunch of friends and no budget. Arts companies must love you guys. (laughs) Not quite. Perhaps the funding bodies mightn't like them quite so much. (laughs) But look, I think we'd better let the listeners know exactly who we're talking to. Tops. Go for it, Crusader. Well, look, after doing a a degree at at what was then called BAPA, which is the Ballarat Academy of Performing Arts. Oh, um, famous. (laughs) Yes. Ash went on. Ring a ding ding. (laughs) (laughs) Ash went on to perform Adam Cass' One Man's Play, I Love You, Bro, which toured the Malthouse, the famous Spiegel Tent, London's Pleasant Theatre, Edinburgh Fringe and the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival where he was nominated for Best Male Actor. You were only nominated, you didn't win, did you? It looks like I won. Even the nomination plaque's pretty impressive. It's still on display in my house. fantastic. It's great to be nominated. It's just a thrill to be nominated. Just cross out the nomination bit. It's quite easy. (laughs) But um, your solo cabaret work, Negative Energy Inc., which first premiered at Hairs and Hyenas in June 2011 was recently completed a successful season at Theatre Works as part of the Men at Work program. And then we have Declan Green, who's a writer and theatre maker, whose work includes A Black Joy, Moth, which won the Green Room Award last year, a play that I saw at the Malthouse Theatre last year, which I think was absolutely phenomenal, so congratulations on that, and Pompeii LA. His plays have been performed at La Mama, Malthouse, the Sydney Opera House, and the Brisbane Powerhouse, so... Gee, he's been fact, everywhere, man. Yep. He's also received the Malcolm Robertson Prize, the ANPC Bursary, the Green Room Award for Best New Original Work, and has been twice awarded the RE Ross Trust Fund. He also performs drag under the stupid name Glass of Water. <laughs> For which he has received little to, to no, no acclaim. acclaim. Well yeah. done. Thank it's you. good to know you do something maybe not as well as that. <laughs> things. What I, yeah, a little talent at all. What I find really fascinating about really both of your careers is that you seem to sort of have moved from larger theatres to your latest show, which is called <laughs> Summertime in the Garden of Eden, is being performed in a garage in Thornbury. So, right. How I mean, did that happen? Yeah. That's a great progress. Mm, I know. We're, we're just a, a, a rapid descent is... Well, like the Ben to marvel at. We're like the Benjamin Button of careers. We started fully grown and end up as infantile as possible. Shriveled. So sad. tell us, tell us about summertime in the Garden of Eden. I've heard it's a bit like some camp gone with the wind. Yeah, no? it's very yes. much so. It's like gone with the wind. It's like Tennessee Williams. It's all your favourite southern gothic melodrama rolled into one big bag of dusty tranny mess <laughs> that's going to be put on in a shed, and it's got uh, everything you want: uh, forbidden love, histories, secrets treachery, lust, 
guns, honor, <laughs> a gun. slapping. What about costumes? Costumes it from has Rose them. Chong. It certainly does it have certainly costumes. Does have costume. yeah. Rose Chong are giving them to us. That's how good Rose we are. Rose Chong wow. is actually one of the unappreciated treasures of Melbourne and, in fact, an incredible philanthropist when it comes to creative people. Yeah, she's, she's definitely been so absolutely wonderful and supportive of this show. And how did you come up with this piece? Um, we actually um, we perform sometimes with uh, this sort of like uh, DIY cabaret night called Under Last Tuesday Society that um, kind of do these little uh, sort of evenings across Melbourne every now and then. And um, they asked us to just put something on there. And so we did this uh, this kind of thrown together little 10-minute Tennessee Williams tribute with just a bunch of sort of performers who are just friends of ours who aren't necessarily actors, but are just kind of like nightclub personalities and drag queens. And um, so these performers were um, Ms. Erin Tasmania, um, the rather famous and calling Ms. Erin is going to be on in this show. Obviously. Oh, is she? In your show. Oh, yeah, in our show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We had Erin on last week on this show, in fact. Yeah, well, oh, she's, she's, she's amazing. She's a powerhouse. She's yeah. an incredible, incredible lady. Um, so Erin uh, Tasmania, the mummy complex, uh, who runs the Pandora's Box uh, DIY drag night in Collingwood. And then um, uh, Agent Cleave, sort of... Um, Gothic um, kind of pole dancer. How do you get gothic and pole dancing? Do they sort of well, you should dance see. on? That's pretty incredible. Do they dance on a column? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just he's got like just a poleness, and then he's, he's he wears this kind of like bondagey sort of like um, nice kind of gear. It's, it's actually unbelievably sexy. Like it's really really yeah. and sort of I think quite challenging to see like for for a lot of kind of male audience members to see a guy be this sort of like unabashedly sensual. Mm. So mm. you guys don't mind being upstage? That's not something I would have thought about you. Oh Ash. well, I'm not in this. Sh- I've relinquished oh, my. You're not in stage. it. I'm not in it. No, I'm I'm oh. I'm the co-writer and producer with Declan, and I'm helping to direct as well with Declan. Normally, I'm I've been in every Sisters Grimm show, but I can't at the moment due to other work commitments. So I've put these attention whores in my place. It's taken three <laughs> attention whores to fill the space that I've left. I'll just escape in word. order to brag. Yeah. How, what is it like for you being such a sort of out there, big performing yourself to take the back? Step it's really it? nice. It's really, really nice okay. to let them do because the, they're all really different, obviously, and they're, they're just brilliant at what they do and they're all non-actors like I, I am a trained actor I went to Ballarat the heart of acting <laughs> where Thespis himself trained and these guys um, are not even trained actors necessarily but they're just great performers and great hams and huge personalities huge personalities and they really do drive the show in a really great way I mean we do ask a lot of them the script is quite serious but the humour comes from the fact that we're staging a civil war epic in a shed where they're fighting over the majesty of the Fairweather Plantation House, which is you can see a bunch of crap. Which is literally, and we haven't even cleared the garage out. We're literally, <laughs> we're literally performing amidst just bags of fertilizer, yeah. empty paint cans. We're just, just lucky there wasn't a car in there. Yeah. Or else the stage would have been. We don't know what limited. we would have done with it. <laughs> well, that would have got at least six audience members. Exactly. Exactly. Then we'd probably get more funding to play in a car. Yeah. Well, actually, actually Taxi Patricia Cornelius yeah. is up for about seven Green Room Awards. Know, that was an amazing show. Yeah, it was an amazing show, wasn't it? Yeah. Ours is amazing too. Of course it is. <laughs> how, many yes, people, how many people can you get into the garage on any one night? We just found out yesterday. We believe around 40. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's Is that standing, sitting? Sitting. Everyone gets yeah. to sit. And, oh, really? Some people are more comfortable people, yeah. places than others, but everyone, someone might be sitting under a huge crinoline dress <laughs> yes. looking up on a, a trans trans junk <laughs> show. And I use that word lovingly to anyone from um, the trans community. I want that seat. No, um... <laughs> 
you can right. have it. Right. And when is this thing happening? This mega. It starts piece. tomorrow uh, night. The preview is tomorrow night. Yeah, that's the first preview. And then we actually open on Thursday, but opening night is sold out. And wow. um, then okay. we have. Um, it's that's actually right. Really 40 seats. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? That's amazing. <laughs> now, look, How do we do it? Exactly. So, Tens of people. So there are still tickets for the other nights? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, maybe. <laughs> And how do people find out about the show? The best way is to go to our website, which is www.sistersgrim.com.au. And that's grim as in the Brothers Grim with two N's. So sistersgrim.com.au. That's right. Yeah, easy. Now, you guys are obviously bound for much greater things. Do you see yourself actually getting smaller and smaller or do you actually see yourselves getting a bit bigger in terms of... Because I know like last venue, year... Like venue, didn't, <laughs> didn't you get something happening with the Sydney, with the Sydney Theatre Company last year? Yeah, that's right. I guess our ongoing project is sort of about making theatre kind of that's uh, accessible and that has this kind of grassroots DIY aspect to it and which sort of, I guess, subverts the hierarchy of main stage theatre where, you know, people... People feel you know you go to these quite stuffy elitist spaces where you you know expect to see a certain kind of work. So we're kind of into subverting that by I guess putting on work that is kind of really really trashy and really kind of um, rabid and falling apart in in non traditional spaces. But well structured. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 kind of yeah. <laughs> I mean they're a mess. Our shows are a mess, but I mean that's I think that's kind of what's that's exciting and chaotic fun, maybe. about yeah, it. Yeah yeah exactly. And and, uh, and so because I mean that's the kind of work we create. It's sort of very very difficult to get support from main stage theatre companies who. A lot of them, actually not that many have even come to see our shows, but, you know, uh, the people who we've had conversations with it about are kind of like, well, we're glad that you're doing this, but why? And... (laughs) <laughs> no. What could we do with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess we're for Sydney Theatre Company to kind of invite us up there and um, give us a space and give us performers and pay us for a week just to, um, even if the show doesn't end up happening with them, is just, was just like a really kind of great shot in the arm for us. It was just sort of really, really exciting just to be, I guess, to have our very, very non-serious work taken seriously. All right. So the, the show is going to be running for the next few days, starting from tomorrow night. When does it finish? Oh, it's two weeks. It's oh, Wednesdays weeks? through Saturdays for this week and next week. Oh, terrific. All right. Well, Look, I'm definitely going online and booking a ticket yes. at sistersgrim with two M's dot com dot au, and I'll be doing that today. Otherwise, I think my partner's going to divorce me. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for being on on the yeah, program, thanks for and yeah, thanks for having you us. know, and thanks also for being two of the most uh, brilliant Gorgeous. grassroots yeah, and good looking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely queer Fresh. performers, <laughs> trash in Melbourne. Thank you for having us. Yeah, marvelous. So that was Ash Flanders and Declan Green. Whoa, keep an eye out for these guys. I think their careers are huge from Ballarat to, well, who knows where. where? where? Next stop world. (laughs) Coming up, that touch thing. Let's go all touch. Touch, touch, Stay with us. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. And we've been talking about touch this morning and the the importance of touch to people, whether they're sick or well. And the fact that touch in everyone's life is very important, whether it's the, the absence of it or the presence of it. What's coming up a bit later on this month, in fact, very soon from looking at the dates here are three workshops that are going to be conducted by a person who specialised in shiatsu touch in some very complex parts of the world including in Israel and Palestine in Europe Southeast Asia and now Australia we're talking about our next guest and his name is Or Gilat oh, I got good. it right you've got it and right he Kat. joins us now on the phone hello there Or hello to you too hello now Or why have you gone around the world teaching touch well, I was going around the world traveling, and with my profession as a naturopath and she has a practitioner, I was just bound to, well, 
go into touch with people. And I've been working uh, with the HIV task force in Israel, a trauma team for activists back in Palestine and Israel, and also ran my own clinic. And usually after everything that we've worked through, you know, remedies, nutrition, consultation, and all that, it always came down back to touch. And that seemed to be the, the thing that people some, many times are most afraid of, but at the same time also missing it so much. And it started to interest me, me more and more. What have you seen touch do for people who are sick in particular? Well, I think that touch brought them the sense of themselves again. Touch is really good in defining our boundaries and who we are and where do we start, where do we begin, where the others start and begin. And it's not only for sick people, it's for everybody. People who are, well, extremely sick or in pain can use touch in order to heal, but the touch actually eventually reminds them of their own power and their own um, yeah, power to heal themselves, to, ch- to touch themselves and to sense themselves. Again, now, having in touch with reality. Actually. Yeah. Having read some of the background to, to these workshops, you talk about the fact that um, sometimes touch from loved ones can be a little bit too intense. And in fact, sometimes touch can be actually a, a part of some of the issues that are, that are between partners and, and, and lovers. Um, how do you start helping people get through that um, by using touch and where does shiatsu come into into that more personal realm of touch well touch and touching and everything well it all begins actually when we are born it's our first way that we experience life and reality and this world is through the tactile mm-hmm. way and through the years we're bound to put so many meanings on our touch or touching us being touched many times all those meanings memories even traumas and emotions or feelings uh, hide the touch itself as an experience. For many, it prevents from experiencing the touch. And in, well, in my clinic and also in day-to-day life with friends and lovers, usually it's becoming hard to feel the touch as it is without all the memories and everything. And in Chiazzo, in the clinic, also in this workshop, what I'm doing and I'm sure everybody can do is actually listening and paying attention and being more accurate in touching and see how all the meanings that we put on them are there. There's no doubt about it. But also the touch itself is there. The touch is what's happening right now, here and now, beyond all the memories, the past and the future and the hopes and everything. Touch won't heal the world. I'm not saying that and I'm far from that. But what could really help is to be aware of what's going on here and now and be awake through the touch. There's three workshops that are coming up. I think you've already done three workshops. Are they a continuation or is, or is each workshop the same? I mean, do, do, are people invited to do all three as a sort of like a, a progression? A series, yeah. A series? Or, or are they standalones? Or are they standalones? Well, these three workshops come together as yep. a series and we develop through the workshop, through the opening uh, workshop and the second and the third, the touch itself and techniques to use it. Everybody are invited. It's for everyone. There's no pure experience needed. Um, the whole point is that touch is something that everybody are entitled to and everybody don't have to learn for five six years and have a degree a diploma and all that in order to just touch and do it accurately with everybody with their lovers as many lovers as they might have um with friends with family with everyone it doesn't mean like go and hug everyone right now but just pay attention to 
what yep. touch can bring. Now, look, the workshops are on the 23rd of February, the 1st and the 8th of March. They, I think, what time do they start? Well, it's in the afternoon. It's 5.30. 5.30, yep. In a place called Dance House. Dance House is at 150 Princess Street, North Carlton. It's a mm. fabulous venue, and it's obviously a really good place to be doing a workshop like this. Now, we, we can't discuss the cost of the workshop, but you have a scheme where you want anyone who wants to do this workshop to be able to do it. So you've said that you will accept anyone who can contribute as they can. Yeah, it's kind of a principle, I guess it goes also through, well, you know, went through my clinic for the past 10 years. It should be available to everyone and everyone can be benefited from that and I'm benefited from that. Mm -hmm. So why not? How can people find out more information? Is there a contact there? Yeah, it's the easiest way is, well, if you do have Facebook and also if you don't, just search a little touch workshop. A little touch workshop. Or search some touch on Facebook and you can reach all the information also through Dance House website. Okay, so that's three very easy ways. Dance House, a website, uh, a little touch by just Googling that and some touch on Facebook. Thank you so much, Or, for coming joining on, us. joining us. And I think, yeah, look, you're offering an amazing service. And I think, as you said, I think touch is possibly one of the real great barriers for so many people in the world. So if you want to learn more about touch and how to be touched, go along to one of these workshops. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Or Gilat there on Take Care and Air. You're with Kath Duncan and Crusader Hillis. Coming up, we're going to check in what's happening around the state. Take care out there. Take care out there. Individual health and well-being through stronger community endeavours. But on the phone, and he's coming from Perth, not from his normal habitat, Shepparton, That's is right. a community development worker from Diversity Project Uniting Care, Cutting Edge, which is a program for same-sex attracted and gender-diverse youth. Damien Stevens, How hey, Damien. are you, Damien? Hi, I'm saying good morning because it's still morning for me over here. What well, are you doing there? Enough. What are you doing in oh, Perth? I'm taking a well-earned holiday. Oh, I didn't know you did things like that. (laughs) I normally don't, so that's why I'm coming to you. I feel guilty. (laughs) Oh, don't. I know no matter where you are in the world, you've still got your finger on the pulse of regional Victoria. What's happening out there? I have, I have. So um, on the weekend, I was excited to hear that Joy had a great celebration over in Bendigo, the um, Shades of Joy broadcast. We did that 12 months ago in Shepparton, and it was great to get you guys up to the country. Um, I I know you um, brought your bus, like we're taking our bus up to Mardi Gras, you know, next weekend. It's good to really get the support of Joy in regional areas. So thank you. I want to say thank you for that, coming to Shepparton last year and um, Bendigo this year. It's really great. Um, in Shepparton tonight, we've got our um, $11 movie night. GV Pride is the social group in Shepparton, so it's movies and dinner tonight um, in Shepparton. Um, I did mention our Mardi Gras trip, which is coming up next weekend. There's still several seats by our bus. So if you haven't made any plans yet for Mardi Gras but want to join the country folk um, on the uh, Mardi Gras bus from Shepparton to Sydney, it's a return bus trip. Um, It's only $200 a person to get up there and back. If you're a bit late in booking your flights, we'd love to have you on board. I reckon that bus trip is going to be just as much fun um, as Mardi Gras itself. Just grab a bus or a train and get yourself up to Shepparton. It's only about a a two-and-a-half-hour trip. Indeed, indeed. So you did mention, Crusader, our Young Persons Project. I haven't given that a plug for a while. Up here in Shepparton, or we do have the diversity group, which is our young person, um, well, same-sex, attractive and gender-diverse young person's social support group. It is a fortnight 
partly group. And, you know, we probably have uh, anywhere between 10 and 15 young people come along to that group every fortnight. Um, and, you know, they plan pretty much and run those meetings with the support of uh, adult leaders there. They um, cook a meal and share a meal together. So learn, learn some life skills. Um, for some young people living in regional or rural areas, it's quite tough. You know, um, they end up homeless or are at risk of suicide and other issues like self-harm and depression. So it's good to get them all together to learn to cook and have a guest speaker come along. You know, our most recent guest speaker, um, off the top of my head, I can't even remember who it was, but we have, um, yes, I can. It was Darren from PLWHA. You know, we have regular guest speakers come up and um, talk to our young people too. So that was really good. And a, and a social event, in, in bowling or movies, even ice cream or a walk around the lake. It's just getting young people connected. Um, there's lots of those initiatives happening right across regional and rural Victoria. Lots of young people's groups. Um, more info about that can be found on the Take Care Outback their website too, as well as all of the other social groups right across. You know, there's Hume Phoenix in Albury-Wodonga and right down to Ballarat and, and Geelong, there's groups listed there. So please get involved and support us in the country. Thank you very much, Damien. And we'll be catching up with you again in two weeks' time. Enjoy your very well-deserved rest in Perth. Indeed. One of my favourite towns for a little holiday, to tell you the truth. So mm, we will very, yeah. speak to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Thanks Damien. Thanks. Crusader. Bye. Oh, I think that's... Uh, you got anything further to say for the day? It looks like you're scribbling away there, Crusader. Yeah, look, I, I did get a text message oh. um, saying that um, I had been provided with a whole lot of information about many, many people, many, many queer people who were nominated and who won different Green Room Awards. But it gives me great pleasure to announce... Not It's already been announced, by the way. The Finucane Smith, Maury Finucane and Jackie Smith won the contribution to Cabaret. Oh, wow. Most recent well done. Awards. Not only well done, but very well deserved. I think one of our great icons in the Oh, totally. Community. Worship, worship, goddessness, yes. etc. Ah, well, that just about wraps us up for the week. Another brilliant show here, of course. Take care on air with Crusader Hillis and Kath Duncan. Thanks to our great panel operator, Gaz, who's <laughs> always there and doing his best to keep us together. And find us on Facebook and like us. It's called Care Out There. So go looking for Care Out There. And like us. And, have and you Twitter. Seen, have you seen Damien's picture on Facebook. You've got to have a look at that. It's the most gorgeous thing. Okay, we'll see you again next week. Same place, same channel. Stay tuned. Also presents Take Care On Air. Interviews, current affairs and events from across Victoria. Also is your community hub and also is proud to sponsor Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.